Welcome to Ennisbrook Church. We hope this message from our sex and location pastor, Jared Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Say a huge welcome to everyone joining us online this morning. Uh, it's great to have you with us. In fact, can we put our hands together and just welcome anyone who is tuning in? And a uh, huge thank you to everyone as well for being a part of our community and this family of faith. It's, uh, it's great to have you in the room with us. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Jared Lieberzeit, and uh, my wife Alicia and I, we are blessed and honoured to be the location pastors here for our Sexton location. And uh, I'm excited today to be able to share some ideas, uh, share some thoughts with you. Um, and really, I mean, today we are finishing our theme on spiritual formation. Uh, we've been discussing this for the past number of weeks, a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, if you don't know, we started uh, a, a, a theme for the year or for the years to come, a vision that we've called Following Jesus. Okay? Anyone remember that? It's still a thing. We're still doing it. It's good. But uh, we wanted to start off the first uh, couple of weeks talking about spiritual formation. And we named the series Shaped. Shaped. Everyone say Shaped. Sounds like a fitness program, doesn't it? You know, like, oh no, what's this church got us into? It's a 10-week program. No, it's not. But we are all being shaped. We're all being shaped. Were you about to leave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anyone remember um, Firm Believers? Does anyone in the room know what that is? There's a thing that Andersbrook Church used to do, I think. If mum was here, Pastor Viv was here, sorry. She'd be up on stage. No, just joking. Uh, that's only funny for those that know. But we are all being shaped, not, not in a fitness way, but we're all being shaped, shaped into the person that God created us to be. That's spiritual formation. It is not about a destination. It isn't about just a, an end goal, but it's about a journey. It's about an ongoing journey. It's a journey of being shaped into the image of Jesus Christ for the glory of God and for the sake of, the, of others, of the lives that are around us. We are being shaped into something that carries great purpose to become a representation of Jesus, bringing glory to God and changing the world around us. That is spiritual formation. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16 puts it like this, and I love this scripture. It's been a fan favourite of mine for a long time. It says, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We are being transformed in every single moment into an ever-increasing glory, which comes from God. And so, for anyone who has made the decision to turn towards the Lord or says, I am following Jesus, I'm a Jesus follower, there's an opportunity for instant connection. There's a closeness. There's a chance for us to become more like Him and who He created us to be. And I want to share the idea today that shaping, the shaping that God wants to do in our life is simple. It's a simple shaping. I want to share that it's best when it's simple, that it's most effective when it's simple, that it's never to be overcomplicated, but it's always to be approached with simplicity. 
following Jesus. It's meant to be something that simple. We've said it a couple of times. In fact, people have made comments. I just love the theme because it's just coming back to basics. It is coming back to basics. It's something that should be and needs to be simple, okay? And I don't want to say that and downgrade or diminish anyone's relationship with Jesus, but I really believe that today we're going to break the ceiling of complicated religiousness. That that's not what following Jesus is about. We're not about just doing a religious act or, the, or just the practices. The practices are important, but today, if we can, we're going to talk about the relationship that we have with Jesus. Matthew 18, verse 1. And uh, this is a great text that we're going to base today's thoughts off. And, you know, Jesus really just takes a moment to tell his disciples uh, what it actually means to be a follower of him. Just another thought that he, uh, he brings to them. But uh, it says this, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him, Jesus called a little child to him, and placed the child among them. He said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name also welcomes me. I want to share today that uh, idea that we are all called to be like children. <laughs> Some people don't like that. They're like, no, not me. I don't want to be like a child. We are called to be like children. In fact, um, you may know this already, but I want to just remind you that you are a child of God. You're a child of God. You are His child. We have um, three kids. We have Brioni, who's seven. We have Knox, who's three, and um, Scarlett, who's, um, who's just over one. And in my experience, and most parents would agree, that when you are uh, raising kids, in the first years of raising children, it needs to be very simple. Everything's, everything's simple. It doesn't mean that it's easy, Right? but it just needs to be as simple as it can be. Like when you have a newborn baby, you don't uh, uh, straight away in the first few weeks of its life make a game plan to get it toilet trained. You just don't, you, do, you wouldn't, that's just silly. You, you, what do you do? You, you go to the nappies, you know, and then and you got to change them. Uh, well, Alicia has to, no, no, we have to change them. <laughs> just jokes. <laughs> I often say things that make me look like a bad guy, but it's just, it's not true, okay? I'm a good person. You wouldn't start your child, actually, some people would, but not, not every single family would do this. Start their child on like some sort of hard out like meal plan created by some sort of dietitian. No, you start by feeding them with like a, 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 a spoon or a fork that makes the noise of a plane or a train. You know, like that's, that's just how it works. You don't play Monopoly with a child. You play Duck, Duck, Goose with a child or hide and seek. We play, um, we play seaweed at the moment. And it's really unfair because I always have to be in. It's just how it is. If you play Monopoly with your children, uh, especially with a three-year-old, I mean, you know, they just, they would get destroyed, like straight up. <laughs> Destroys family, doesn't it? Monopoly. <laughs> you start teaching a child to ride a bike, Right? And, and, and when you start, it's, you just start with simple, simple methods, training wheels. It's not even real bike riding. It's just like rolling. 
Or you go to like a, a hill, you know, and you just let them go. It's the, that's just it. You don't start by talking through the laws of physics and riding a bike, working out the equations or force of mass and resistance. I mean, that can be good, but it would go over a child's head. That's just not what they would take in. I remember telling Brioni when she learned to ride a bike, just keep pedaling. You just have to keep pedaling. You just have to keep going. Just keep moving forward. If you're moving forward and you're pedaling, you're going to keep going. You're going to stay up. It's going to be okay. And of course, whenever she would do that and she would keep pedaling, she would have momentum and she'd be able to kind of just ride along and it'd be all good. And then something would happen and she would get distracted or something would pop into her mind. She would start to become aware of the rocks around her, of the ground, of, of uh, uh, the fact that she's going fast down a hill. She'd become aware of, you know, where are the brakes, Dad? Like, what, how do I break this? You know, how do I stop this thing? She'd become aware of the fact that she was a little bit maybe scared or, or this looks painful or I could hurt myself. She'd be like, Dad, why'd you make me do this? She'd be like, I hate you, Dad. I'd be like, I hate you too. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I love you too. I mean, I love you. She start to overthink things. And you, have you ever seen a child do this? They just stop, and, but they keep their feet on the pedals and they just like turn to the side and that's, and that's it. That's how it ends. They just kind of bail out. <laughs> they, they just kind of, that's it. That's how, that's how it works. But if it's simple and she just keeps pedaling, it's all good. It's sweet. She's fine. And I wonder how, how often we overthink Christianity. I wonder how often we, we overthink it to the point where it, it becomes just so complicated. It becomes too hard. It becomes so hard that in fact we feel like we actually can't do it. It's not achievable. This is not realistic for me. I'm not able to keep up with this. I can't be an image of perfection like I feel like I need to be. Therefore, I can't carry on. This is too much work. Maybe you feel like there's too many rules that you can't keep or there's just so many meetings to go to and now I'm serving on all the teams and I've got all this stuff to do and it's just all these things that are going on that have made it complicated and I really believe that Jesus didn't create you and me so that we could be some sort of complicated colleague. He created us so that we could be His child, so that we could be His children, so that it could, it, it could just be simple, just you and Him, just us and Him. Jesus says to His disciples, unless you you change, unless you change and you become like little children. And I find it interesting that he has to say to his disciples, unless you change. Like these guys have now been with him for a large amount of the journey. We're in the 18th chapter of the book. They have seen some things. They've been with him every day. They have heard his teachings. They've seen him working miracles. They've caught a little bit of the vision already. You would have to assume that being a part of the culture and the mission of Jesus Christ for a decent amount of time, and he still uses the line, unless you change. And I just have this thought today for all of us that it doesn't matter how long you've been with Jesus, that there may still be things that need to change within your life, an attitude that needs to change, a response that needs to change, or just a, a mindset shift. Because if you don't change and become like little children, Jesus said, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever takes the lowly position of a child is the greatest in this kingdom of heaven. We have to stop following Jesus like it's some sort of great big process or like it's a tick box situation. Like I go to church once a month, tick. Uh, you know, I, I pray, tick. I, uh, I read the Word, I'll tick that off. I did that this week. I worship, yeah, on a Sunday. Oh, sometimes I play 
Spotify where I listen to like Life FM. You know, Turkey, that's amazing. Uh, or, 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 or I help uh, one person. I, I was able to help them. That was great. Tick that off. Um, I serve and, and it's so cool. I tick all that stuff off. And because I get to do that, I get to have a relationship with Jesus. Yes, I made it. <laughs> it's not how it works. It'd be too complicated. It'd be too hard. We can't keep all, that thing, all those things up. We can't continue to outwork those like that. And that's not childlike at all, is it? A child wouldn't be focused on what they have to do. They don't make great plans for their day. They don't get up in the morning and sort out their to-do list. It's just, no, nah, I don't want to go to school today. That's it. You know, I don't want to go to preschool today. It's just, I don't want to eat breakfast either. I don't want to do anything today. Like, that's how it works. But instead, when it comes to you and, and Jesus, it starts with an intimate and close relationship. That is the beginning point, you and Jesus. And because of that relationship with Jesus, because you're so in love with Him, because you realise that you are a child of God, I, I can't help but go to church. I'm passionate about His house. I want to be in church. Oh, because I I'm, because I'm know Jesus, I want to spend more time talking to Him. I'm just talking to Jesus. I dive into the Word. I worship every chance I get. I serve and I build the kingdom of God. I live a life dedicated to the call of God because I, I understand that I'm, I'm already with Him because I already have Him. I already have Him. I don't do these things so that I get qualified for a relationship with Jesus. No, I do these things as an overflow or it just flows out of my life from a point of I have Jesus and now my life starts to look a little bit different. It's a little bit like spiritual formation. You get Jesus and then things begin to change. You get Jesus and then your life starts to evolve and starts to shift. That's how it's meant to work. And so when Jesus says that childlike means simplified, He's saying to us, we need to be a child of God. We just need to be there for Him. He's saying to His disciples, hey guys, stop being so busy about it. How about we just come and let's hang out a little bit? He's like, how about we just, just come around? You know, He's saying, come around me. He's saying, just get around me. And maybe today someone in the room needs to hear that, needs to reshift some things in their life to just come around Jesus. Not just the things that we do because we're Christian. No, what is it actually that makes you Christian? It's just Jesus. A life following Jesus is not a formula or a process, but it's a passionate pursuit. It's the miraculous activity of God's kingdom. It's not achieved by just positive experiences, but rather it's come, it comes from knowing the creator of heaven and earth so intimately that we are transformed into his image. We have love in us that conquers all things. Amen. We need to fight for relationship, not just the manifestations or the practice of Christianity, also known as religiousness or religion. So let me make it as simple as possible as I can for you. Following Jesus is about knowing Jesus. Following Jesus is about knowing Jesus. It's not complicated, but in fact, it's childlike. But just because it's meant to be simple, like parenting, doesn't mean that it's easy. Can we talk about that for a bit? Oh my gosh. It doesn't mean that it's easy. Because the enemy, and there's an enemy, oh, he just wants to stop you from knowing God, from knowing Jesus on a deeper level. He will stop at nothing to separate us 
from Jesus and from understanding this and from knowing that we are a child of God, He would hate for you today to leave here thinking, that's right, I'm a child of God. Oh, the enemy, the devil would hate for you to be going out with that attitude and that mindset as you lead into life. The devil's game plan is in fact to distract us with things, things that get in between you and God, things that disconnect us from Him, things that stop us being formed into the image of Christ. And it all just comes about through lies. The enemy lies. He just says things and makes some stuff up that maybe we take on along the way that breaks down what the truth of God actually is and, and what Jesus, uh, the truth is really about who you are in God as well. And uh, some of the things that you know, we can start to take on, if we can talk about it as a little bit, what are the things that actually can disconnect us from Jesus? There's a few things, and there's probably actually many things that we could list, but I want to just go through a couple. The first is the idolatry, okay? It's one of the things. One of the things that the enemy would just love to just drop into your life as a distraction. It's like that bike, that kid on that bike, you're okay pedaling, but then all of a sudden something pops up and it just distracts you and, and you, you get a little bit shaky on it. You get a little bit wobbly on the journey. We can, uh, when we put anything that isn't God in the place of God, we are living with idolatry. It's not God, but we put it in the place of God. We have an issue. Romans 1 verse 25 says that they exchanged, a group of people, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And they worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is to be forever praised. Amen. Everyone say amen. amen. Some people say that they don't believe in God. But the truth is, is that they've actually found a God. It's just not the God. They've selected something in their life somewhere along the way to be God, to fill that role and that point in their life. It could be anything. It could be sport. Golf. No, it could, be, it could be the things that you own. It could be relationships. It could be work. It could be the, you know, the job that you, you are pursuing and, and, and the career. That, that has all, all of those things. Think about it for a second. Is there anything in your life right now that receives more time, more energy, and maybe more honour than what you're currently giving to God? And if there is, there needs to be an adjustment. There needs to be a change. We need to change and come back to being childlike. We need to change and come back to making Him the main thing in our life. The first thing, the, the really the only thing, everything flows from relationship with Him. We will stop growing in Christianity when we live for the things of the world instead of God. Okay, this is the second thing, pride. So exciting. This is so, so encouraging. Pride, James 4 verse 6, okay? This is, this is what the Scripture says. This is why the Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. A child of God isn't proud, but is humble. The enemy would love you to think, uh, I've made it. Yeah, you know, I got it sorted. Oh, I went to church and it was a great time, but I knew more than the preacher. <laughs> Or uh, they didn't sing the songs I like, and so I couldn't enter in and worship. Or I went to connect group, but there's really nothing for me there. You know, I don't know if I can connect to those people. Or, or, or maybe it's, it's, I have this whole thing sorted. I understand God, and I'm following Jesus, and I feel like I've kind of made it in the Christian journey. That's a very prideful thing to say, because you're saying that you've figured everything out that there is to figure out about who God is. 
which is unlimited. There are no limits to God. There is still so much more for us to discover and learn about Him. You can never just live thinking that you are above or you're beyond or you're better than everything that's around you. Pride starts to disconnect us from Jesus because we start to think that we can do it in our own strength. I'm good, man. I've got my abilities and that's all I need. I'm gonna make it through. I wrote this down. Pride is like a child threatening to run away from home. Got the bags packed, you know. Got the, you know, the, the, what's the, the, you know, the image of the, the kid with a stick with like a little like handkerchief tied on the end of it filled with like one sock probably, I don't know. Walking out the door, this, this kid walking out the door and you might've done this. I definitely did this as well. Walking out the door knowing full well that in about 30 minutes, you're gonna need to come home because there's no, yeah, you're hungry or there's no Wi-Fi or, or something, whatever. James 4 verse 10 goes on, it says this in James, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord, not even in front of your church or your friends or your family, but humble yourself before the Lord. Let's not be pride-filled. Let's be a people who get on our knees before God. We fall down on our knees in humility before Him. And guess what happens? He lifts us up. The Scripture says it. Become humble before Him and He will lift you up. Stop trying to lift yourself up. Let Jesus do the work. <laughs> Circumstance can be something that disconnects us from God. Don't let the circumstance that you're going through, the thing that you're facing, uh, disconnect you or get in the way of your connection with God. Never ever think, this is a lie of the enemy, let me share it with you, that God is distant and that He isn't caring. Never think that God is distant and He doesn't care about me. He cares, He's close, He knows, He sees what you're going through, He loves you so much and it might feel like it's just a, you're just waiting for a miracle, but if you're waiting for a miracle, it's kind of a great place to be because it means that the miracle's still on its way. You know, there's still a chance. If you're still alive and if you're still breathing, God can still do something great in your life. You may be going through hard times, but it's just an opportunity for God to do something amazing in your world. Don't let circumstance break down your childlike relationship with Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you weren't there for me, so I don't know if I can trust you anymore. The child says, it doesn't matter what happens, I trust. You think of a child and how they treat their, their kids. You know, like even when maybe mum or dad get angry and there's discipline or something goes down that's not great, the child, after a little bit of time, will always come back ready to play. I'm ready to hang out. I'm ready to, I'm ready to spend time with you again. And I wonder how many of us have got hard hearts towards God because something happened. And so we thought, well, that's it. I'm going to put a wall up. I don't know if I can fully trust Maybe you have to learn to actually retrust who God is and what He can do in your life. And the biggest disconnector between us and God, and we've already talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is sin. Sin. It's the ugliest thing that gets between us and God. It just gets in the way. It just gets in the way. And the thing about sin is that it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere in, in the world. The world, when it was created by God, was created with an image of perfection. It was perfect. It was spotless and it was blameless. And then humankind, you and I, we came in and we had our way with it and we made mistakes. And we make mistakes and we do things, we do things wrong. And that's, that's just who we are. It's built within us that we are not complete. We make, we make mistakes. There are issues about our life. 
These mistakes, they completely dishonour God and they can remove us from God's will for our life. Sin, and the issue with sin, is that it starts to cloud our mind. We start to feel, uh, be filled with shame and guilt and it can start to make us feel as if we aren't worthy. If we aren't worthy of even being in this room. Or oh, if I go to church, the ceiling's gonna fall down on me. You know, I'm not worthy to, to be in relationship with Jesus. And I guess in a sense that's actually true, isn't it? We aren't worthy. We are not worthy. We are the issue. We are the ones that are broken and not together and not sorted out. We are not perfect. And, and that's kind of like the main thing. It's kind of like the main point. We all sin and we've all fall short of the glory of God. The amazing news is that we can't do anything to cover that up. We don't have to do anything to cover that up. You can't work your way through to worthiness. You can't work your way through to being someone who is worthy of being in relationship with Jesus. You can't work your way out of sin. There is only one way, and it's through receiving the name of Jesus Christ, right? There's only one way. Isn't there so much relief? Isn't that, just the, isn't that the best news for us? Isn't that incredible? Romans 5 verse 19 to 21 says this, and we'll share this and we'll share some other thoughts and then we'll finish. Um, it says this, For just as through the disobedience of one man, the man called Adam, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, Jesus Christ, the many were made righteous goes on and says that the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Where sin increases in our life, grace increases all the more. Isn't that incredible? So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is a lie of the enemy, can I tell you, that you could never be loved by God or that you could never be good enough for His care and His protection, or that you would never be enough to actually be in relationship with Him. I know I just said that you're not worthy, but through the work of Jesus, you are worthy. Through the work of Jesus Christ, we are made righteous. We are clean. And at all times, our faith is to be like that of a child. And that's just amazing. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it just amazing that Jesus would accept me in my childlike state? Like He doesn't need me to be mature. He doesn't need you to be all put together and sorted out. But in fact, He says to His disciples, it's time you change and become a little bit like children because Jesus understands that the child is messy. That the child makes mistakes. It's an image of actually just someone who is just like you and me, just a broken, sinful person. And so you come into this room and we talk about spiritual formation. And you're like, man, I'm not even put together. I don't even know if I can talk about this. This is just crazy. I need saving first. We all need saving first. We all need to be saved. We all need to at some point find this salvation. But Jesus says, hey, come as a child. I don't want you to try and make it like you're all together. He's like, I don't want you to have to try and feel like you have to do everything right. You don't have to have it sorted. Just come as you are. Jesus says, uh, you don't have to have a plan. He says, I have a plan. He makes a plan for his children. 
In fact, He saw you before you were even thought about by anyone or anything. He knew exactly what all your days were going to look like. He knows how it's going to unfold from this point onwards. If you don't have a plan for the next year or whatever, years to come, it's okay. We could lean into God and we might be able to receive something, a little bit of vision from Jesus. Amen. Jesus says to His disciples, change and become like children because there is grace for the child that makes a mess of things. There's unconditional love for the child that makes mistakes and maybe does things wrong. There is, and everyone needs to understand this today, there is forgiveness for the child. There is forgiveness here today. There is forgiveness for each and every one of us. You have been forgiven. And maybe there's something that's happened in your life that's made you feel like you've been excluded, disconnected, or you've been, maybe something's going on right now, or uh, I don't know, it's something from the past. God, and I really felt the Holy Spirit hit me when this kind of thought came to me. There is forgiveness for us, but some of us still haven't received that forgiveness. And if you never receive the forgiveness of Jesus, you will never be able to forgive yourself. You're wondering why there's still shame and guilt in your life. It's because you haven't yet actually accepted and received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I believe forgiveness comes before formation. We first have to be forgiven. And there's forgiveness that's here for you. We just need to learn to receive it. So to the person who thinks, I am not a child of God, I can't do that. That seems too hard. That seems too complicated. There's, There's an amazing scripture that actually breaks down how simple it really is. Let me, say, let me share this with you and then we're going to pray. John 1 verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive Him, Jesus Christ, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. He has given the right to become children of God. Because I believe in the name of Jesus, I have been given the right to be labelled a child of God. I have got the right. You have the right to be a child of God. It is not a predica- it's not predicated on status. It's not predicated on behavior or merits or us getting things done or having to tick all the boxes or be in this room even. It isn't all about that. It is just us being able to say, I'm putting my faith in Jesus and now we have the right. Now it's our right to be His child. It's your right to be able to say, because I'm with God, I'm good. Because I'm with God, I'm good. He is the reason that I'm okay. He is the reason that I don't need to strive for perfection. If He has my heart, that's enough. He doesn't want perfection from you. He just wants the best from you. He just wants you and that's it. We need to understand we're forgiven by Him. You're loved by Him. He sees you as His child. In fact, He would prefer you if you would come as a child, like a child, into the arms of the Father, into the arms of this amazing, loving Father, who when He sees you, if you've said yes to Jesus, if you declare that you believe in Him, He doesn't see you in your brokenness, in your sin. He doesn't see me in all of my issues and my mistakes. He just sees Jesus. He just sees Jesus. And today, I want to pray for, I want to pray for two groups of people. I want to pray for anyone in the room who feels like maybe they've lost that simplicity 
that it's got complicated. Maybe just with every eye closed, just right now, just everyone, this is for every, every single person today. We all have to learn to come back to the simple way of just being a child of God. Maybe you've lost that. It's got complicated. Maybe you feel like it's just, you're stressing out because it's about, maybe you made it about work or you've made it about something else or you've made it about the thing that you feel you lack in your life that you just, you just so desperately are trying to find. Can I just, can we just pray that today we would just make it about Him? That we would just make it about Him? If you would want prayer for that, I'm wanting you to just chuck your hand up and, and I would love to pray for you right now if that's you. Awesome. Amazing over here. So good. Well, Father, I thank you for anyone who is, who is wanting to come back to the simplicity or oh, the simple way of following Jesus. It's just a simple thought. It's a simple idea. But God, it could be so hard to do. Lord, I pray that you would show us how. Lead us and guide us. God, we don't, we don't want to do this thing in our own strength or our own ability. But God, we want to know what it is to be led by You. God, I pray for anyone in the room who feels like they're struggling, Lord, with whatever, with pride or, or, or the sin or idolatry. Or you've made it about the circumstance and you're wondering where is God in this, that even in the storm, like the, like the disciples on the boat, they turn to Jesus. There's a waking up that happens. I pray that we would be awoken to Jesus, your work in our life, to the fact that you are with us, that you never leave us nor forsake us. God, I pray that we would come back to childlike faith. It's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And that's who you call us to be. Lord, I ask it right now. Come on, with every eye still closed. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, I wanna pray a prayer with you today. And uh, it is the greatest decision that we could ever make to say, I'm going to start a relationship with Jesus. To, to decide to build your life on the rock, not on the sand. To build your life on a stronger foundation. That's what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus. To be able to surrender your life to Him. To say, I'm taking my brokenness and my messiness and I'm receiving the clean slate that you have for me. Jesus, the grace that abounds. Even if there's been sin in your life, can I just tell you, don't worry about the sin. He has it covered. He has it sorted. He forgets our sin before. We, he is so bad at remembering your sin. You're really good at remembering your mistakes, but He is so good at throwing it as far as the east is from the west. It disappears from His mind. He wants to clean your life. He wants to give you a brighter future. He wants to give you an understanding of what it is to be a new creation. And uh, today, I just want to pray a prayer for anyone who's like, you know what, that's me. I don't see myself as a child of God. And today is the day. It might be a recommitment or this could be the first time you're making that decision. I would love to pray for you and pray with you in this moment. If that's you, I'm gonna to count to three. And again, you can throw your hand up. And if, if you are wanting to start a relationship with Him, if it's, if it's really something that is going on in your heart, just chuck your hand up and we'll just pray a simple prayer together and uh, you'll, you'll receive Jesus in your life. If that's you, I'm gonna to count to three and chuck your hand up. One, two, three. Amazing over here. That's awesome down the back. God loves you so much. God sees you. God knows. God wants to be a part of your life. Just a moment longer for anyone else. Uh, maybe 
I'm going to labour on this for too long, but if you want Jesus, you can have Him. You can have Him. Amazing. Well, Father, I just thank You for these ones that have just raised their hand to start a relationship with You. I pray right now that they would know what it is to receive Your forgiveness, Your love, Lord, your, your future that You have for them. God, I ask that You would come into their world, that they would know You. Lord, they wouldn't just know about You. They wouldn't just know about this concept or this idea, but that today they would leave here really, truly knowing You. I pray for a change in their world, that God, whatever they brought in here, Father, they would leave here at the altar and that they would take with them Jesus and everything that You represent. Jesus, You represent joy. You represent gentleness, kindness, patience, all the things that begin to surround us and flow out of our life. Lord, I pray that that is what they would experience in there every single day. Father, as they commit their life to You and as they say yes to being in relationship with You, I declare it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. for that. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.